0: In this week's episode, I am joined by Dr. Steve Iacovelli, the gay leadership dude. He is author of Pride Leadership and CEO of Top Dog Learning Group. We'll chat about the first ever transgender woman inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame, a $2 billion investment into black-owned businesses, black women-owned businesses, and more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Let's get started. Steve, will you please introduce yourself and tell the world a little bit about who you are? Thank
1: you, Bernadette. I'm so excited to be here. This is way overdue for us. Um, So I am indeed uh, Dr. Steve Vacvelli, pronounce he, him, and his, uh, the owner and principal of Top Dog Learning Group. And I am indeed also known as the gay leadership dude. So you immediately know three things about me with that self-described title that um, I am gay, that I self-identify as a dude. And I really like to talk about leadership, especially inclusive leadership for our client partners that we have around the globe.
0: Awesome, Steve. Well, let's talk a little bit about your book and Pride Leadership. What is one thing that you would like every LGBTQ person to know about their leadership potential?
1: Yeah, so in in pride leadership, you know, I I have strategies for the LGBTQ plu, I say plu instead of plus just to be cool. A uh, leader to be the king or queen of their jungle. It 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 really started out as a quote unquote generic leadership book as I was going down this path and doing my research and I've been in this field for like 30ish years and you see patterns of what works and what doesn't. And so that's kind of where I started putting things together. And then I started looking at our LGBTQ+ plus, uh leaders of doing some volunteer work, social justice work, like I know you and I do. And I started kind of looking at them through a different lens. And, and my little Carrie Bradshaw, if you remember Sex and the City, went off. And I couldn't help but wonder, is being queer general term help you look at leadership differently and so the six competencies that i focus on in pride leadership are authenticity courage empathy communication relationships and culture and so when you put those through the rainbow lens as i like to say is there something different and 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 i argue yes there is you know exercising our authenticity as a leader now everybody gay or straight or anything in between, can really embrace authenticity as a leadership superpower. But what does that look like when it's through the queer lens? And so if I'm out at work, that's being my authentic self. And we could channel that power to be an even more effective leader than we already are.
0: Awesome! I love that. I think that's really, really valuable for folks to realize because sometimes we let our marginalizations kind of get the better of us, but there's an opportunity to flip the script. Yep, Absolutely. I love it. So, Steve, you live in Orlando, and I know that you have an anti-diversity Governor DeSantis there, and there's a lot of um, anti-LGBTQ laws being passed or proposed, and it's sort of anti—it's an anti-diversity climate in the state right now. How how are things going from your perspective? What's giving you hope?
1: Yeah, I, and I, I have to say, as, as you all well know, we birdied it. I, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Sometimes. It's hard to fill up like that, have full glass uh, these days in Florida. But one of the things that does give me hope is, a couple things actually. One is the amount of noise that people are making with all these anti-queer legislation things happening. And then, and you know, I live in Orlando, which is this gorgeous, inclusive space. Uh, you know, you, you saw that when the Pulse Massacre happened, how everyone could say, no, we got our backs of our, you know, our queer brothers and sisters and siblings, our, our people of color, our Jewish, et cetera, et cetera. And so that that philosophy permeates throughout our our. Our community here. And you see a lot of people who are just awesome allies being like, this is ridiculous. And, and it's not just in Florida. And hearing uh, you know, some my relatives who aren't the most uh inclusive of things going like, wow, this is that's not right, and them saying that and seeing that the the complexities, which is awesome. Couple that with the um the hopefully louder but outspoken corporate partners we have who are uh, have been trying to defend our rights and and our, our allowing us to exist kind of mentality, but you're seeing them more and more be like, no. We're not doing this or, or going th- and, you know, and I will call out my my former employer the Walt Disney Company. I mean, you know, they were uh, there were some reasons, you know, why the other Bob CEO kind of left because he wasn't doing it right. Bob Iger came back in, he's amazing. And um, just some of the things that Disney's done to try to thwart the power of the current administration in my state has been really refreshing to watch. And so that gives me hope that you know, these exclusive insert whatever expletive you would like here for LinkedIn audiences and such um, would, uh, uh, you know, go on their merry way and and really lose the steam, which they actually are losing the steam when you look at the polls and such.
0: That's great to hear. I mean, not being in Florida myself or in any of the other states where there is these legislation is being proposed or passed, it's not really clear to me what the corporate response has been except for what I see on a national level. And I haven't seen much except for companies who have signed on to the HRC statement for business equality, which is, I mean, that's a few years old now. So in Florida, you're actually seeing companies really speak out against this and... Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, not as much as I really would like, to be very frank, but you are starting to see the cracks in the dam with people like the Walt Disney Company and, and you other uh, major players in Florida, in Central Florida, especially just you know, make it like, nah, we're not doing that. Or some of them are just quietly saying, you know what, our, our, our queer employees, we got you, don't worry. you know, And that kind of mentality, I think it's it, it goes a long way, but I think it, it, it can go further. Especially that that, that vocal, um, you know, I, I keep saying, I wonder how many of the folks who are going to rainbow wash their logos in June, what they should be saying right now in April or whenever you're listening to this to show their uh, support for the, the queer community.
0: I think that's a great point. So companies, employees of companies who are listening, yes. Pride is not just in June. Thank you. 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Show your support of LGBTQ employees and customers all year long. And if you need help, you can reach out to Steve or I. Yes, that's what we do. <laughs> all right. So, let Steve, let's move on to this week's good vibes. So I um, t- this week I wrote about checking the box. And I think that, you know, in the DEI conversation, we hear a lot of like, don't check the box, mm. you know, because having a DEI strategy that's just sort of focused on box checking workshops is not going to really get traction. But I have to say, as the type of organized person I am, I love checking boxes and I love adding more and more boxes to check because it means I'm getting more traction in progress. <laughs> and I think that that philosophy is is part of the work that we do here at Equality Institute. So I'm sort of looking for your perspective on, uh, you know, to check the box or not to check the box.
1: Well, you know, whenever we look at um, inclusive programming at, for the, the workplace, I approach it as a change management project. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Years ago, I worked for IBM and I was a change consultant. And and you know, what we're trying to do when we brought in a new business process or a new technology tool, we're trying to change humans' behavior. Well, it's the same thing with a DNI initiative. And so I think tick, uh, tick boxes are one of many arrows in your quiver Absolutely. when it comes to making that that behavior change and making that cultural shift within the workplace. And so sure, you know, well, hey, let's do unconscious bias training. Tick 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 awesome. But what else are we doing? What executive sponsorships are out there? How are we having that continuous communication strategy? What's our measurement strategy look like beyond the butts in seats kind of stuff? So boxes are cool, but if you're only doing boxes, then you're not going to change behavior and hearts and minds like you want to.
0: Absolutely. And I think that we need to make sure those boxes are holistic, cross-functional, and they build on each other. And we want to celebrate every time we check a box and keep the momentum up. Okay, Steve, let's move on to this week's Good Vibes. The first story comes from the National Women's Hall of Fame, which just announced its new inductee class. And for the first time, there is a transgender woman Whose name is Sandy Stone? She's an amazing artist and academic in the field of transgender studies. And one of the other new inductees this year is Kimberly Crenshaw, who coined the term intersectionality. So, a great class this year for the National Women's Hall of Fame, and and I and I love that they're expanding the diversity of their members or of their inductees.
1: Yeah, I I I read that um, story as well, and I was like. And one, I was like, I need to know Sandy Stone's story more. Mm-hmm. And, and you know like that kind of like we should know her uh, amongst of the other uh, you know uh, pillars of our our queer community. And but yeah, it's it's things like that that you know some people might be like, oh, that's a small step, but you know what if I'm a, you know a trans woman and seeing that, I'm like, oh, awesome. you know like that has to feel good just to be seen and uh, especially someone like that honored uh, within such a, a, a big uh, organization. So I think it's awesome.
0: I think it is too. And representation does matter. Visibility matters. And especially when there are so many anti-LGBTQ things happening, we have to celebrate what's going right. Okay. The second story is the regarding the March madness finals, the women's NCAA basketball finals set record viewership numbers. And in part, because it it was broadcast (laughs) more, Uh, it was on ESPN and ABC this year. But what I think was also really interesting was another story that came out of the championship, which was the double standard that was, <clears throat> uh, let's just say, forced upon Angel Reese, who is the star of LSU, who made a j- hand gesture that Caitlin Car- Clark, the star of Iowa State, did earlier in the fi- in the finals, and Angel Reese was dragged by the media. Angel Reese, by the way, is a black woman, and she was dragged by the media. Caitlin Clark was not. So we got to seek sort of a racist double standard up close for the exact same behavior. And even though it's not really a good vibe, I do love the teachable moments. And I do love the viewership numbers for (laughs) women's basketball. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and it, it kind of relates to the story um, it, with the Tennessee legis- state uh, legislature that also, you know, the the two black gentlemen and then the one white woman all doing the exact same thing, and who gets. Kicked out, and it's like, come on, friends! But let's turn that. And I think, I think this is just going to blow up in their faces in a gorgeous way. Because I, I, as of now, I haven't heard the latest today, but you know how they're voting that that one gentleman. They're like, no, no, you're going right back to your job. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, there are cool people out there. And it's kind of the same thing with uh, the story with the March Madness stuff. So we 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 got to see some ugliness, but I think it taught a lot of people and and shown a light on some of those. And I didn't know the term that you put in the thing, the misogynoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that's, that's like, and you know, tie it to the intersectionality um, from mm-hmm. uh, Kimberlé Crenshaw. Like, oh, that was kind of cool the way that that came about.
0: Absolutely. So for those listening, the term that I use in the newsletter is misogynoir, which uh, we will type or Corey will type in the chat. And that essentially is misogyny, which is anti-woman bias, but specifically against black women. So I certainly did not coin that term and yeah, we'll yeah. figure out who did and make sure that gets in the show notes as well. That's great. Okay. The third story comes from Bowie State University in Maryland, which is a historically black college and university that decided to help its students bypass the arduous internship process at tech companies by creating its own placement program. The program has mentorship programs. It has partnerships with Deloitte and NASA and the federal government. And it's really expanding the opportunities for these young computer science students who could be our future tech leaders.
1: I love it. You know, and, and this one really, really resonated with me because I have a lot of clients in big global manufacturers who are, who want to do the right thing and really diversify their um, employee base, but they're they challenged on how to do that. So programs like this where they could just tap into that that awesome pipeline, I'm like, "Yes, more of this, please." Uh, because I think that's where some of those changes happen, you know, Companies want to do the right thing, but finding the the right process in the way. I mean, you figure each company has to figure that out on their own if they can just tap into an existing program like Bowie State uh, Bowie States um internship program, like how cool is that?
0: I love it. I love it. It's a win-win for everyone, right? And I think it's just showing that sometimes we need to disrupt the way things have already been done, have been done in the past. All right. So the fourth story is from Goldman Sachs, which is a company we do not see very often here on five things. (laughs) But what I love is that they have invested another $2 billion in black women owned businesses because quote, economists at the Global Investment Bank have found the most efficient way to close the racial wealth gap is by investing in Black women. So the money's going towards everything from small business grants to incubator programs and a lot more to help those women thrive. I think it's
1: great. And, and you know, I, I, I liked that they did it based upon research, and looked at how that ripple effect goes from that that, um, Black woman-owned business to the community who who they hire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and and based it upon the data. Because as you and I both know, and I'm sure a lot of folks listening and watching know, that... You know, being inclusive is good for business. And so by by doing strategies like that, thank you Goldman Sachs for showing that this is the smart way to be both inclusive and and hit bottom lines where we should.
0: Yeah, cuz you know they're going to be making money on those interest rates. <laughs> Right. You know, it's not all pure. (laughs) No, it's
1: altruistic. No, No, not (laughs) Not pure altruism. It's still going to be good for for, uh, inclusivity in the long run.
0: That's that's right. I love the win-win. Okay, the fifth story comes from Bud Light, another, you know, semi-altruistic move. They have a new partnership (laughs) with transgender TikToker and influencer Dylan Mulvaney, and Dylan is a trans woman who has been chronicling her transition on TikTok over the past year or two, and uh, the the ad with Bud Light really ticked off a lot of folks. I love
1: it. I love it. And that, and now um, Nike's also announced a partnership uh, with Dylan uh, and to feature her on with their sports bras and some of the other lines of clothing. I'm like, absolutely yes. And and what it's kind of fun. And maybe I shouldn't have joy in this, but Sean and for there's that, is watching these people lose their minds over these ads. And yes, Bud Light, we, and they supported the queer community quite a bit. So we, we'll give them props where, where props are due. But the controversy and the, and the drama, uh, you know, certain... Very irrelevant um, rock stars, and I'm using bunny ears for that one. <laughs> uh, shooting their gun, uh, you know, like oh come on, you are not relevant now. And oh, and here's a here's an image from the 1990s with you performing with a drag queen, and you know, like and all these different things. It's like, like you know you're not as exclusive as you want to be, but you're just pandering to your base. And I think it just it's like lifting up a rock and seeing what crawls out. And and I think it's it's very telling when ads are like this. But I I applaud um I applaud both Bud Light and Nike for, for saying, you know what? To heck with it. Yes, we're getting buzz, but we're also doing that representation matters. And how cool is that?
0: I completely agree. I love it. I love it. All right, Steve, tell folks how they can find you if they want to keep in touch.
1: Yeah. The easiest way is to go to our, our main website, our main doghouse, topdoglearning.biz, B-I-Z. You can find out all about the books, our training classes, the keynotes we do, and all sorts of ways that we can engage, even on the free level. So topdoglearning.biz.
0: And all of that will be in the show notes. Folks, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for listening. And if you don't already get the Five Things newsletter, you can subscribe at fivethingsdei.com. Steve, thanks so much for being a fun guest. You are always a delight to chat with and uh, hope everyone has a great week. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to Five Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my 5 Things newsletter, join at 5ThingsDEI.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, and I'll see you next week right here for 5 Things in 15 Minutes, bringing good vibes to DEI.